Damn, put that game track on. Play me your favorite song. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to NMI When You Need More Info, a podcast from the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate. It is lovely to be back for another week. Obviously, if you uh, listen to that little cross promotion, I was actually on another podcast last week, uh, The Missing Manual, with Connor and Zach talking about the greatest games of all time. One of the most difficult lists I've ever had to do. And it was only two games that, yeah, just goes to show. But, oh, yeah, it's good to be back, everybody. You know, we're in that we're in the cold season now, but everyone's, you know, getting nice and snug, getting nice and chill. And definitely we're going to be playing a lot of more of those video games. And that's something we're definitely going to be getting into today. But before we get into that, I'd like to bring in some returning hosts and a special guest host today. So returning hosts, we have Chaz, Fergus, and James. How, how are you guys doing today? Great as usual. Windswept. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome, guys. So, uh, and uh, I'd like to introduce Becky to the podcast. How are you doing, Becky? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, here for the first time. No, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's honestly great to have you on. Because you know we've been working about this out for a while. You know what exactly topics we'll be doing. We'll be coming on. You know, uh, uh, Becky is a uh, great friend from outside of the podcast, and uh, yeah, we thought we'd uh, bring on today. So, uh, Becky, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, um, so hi everyone. Um, I am Becky and I uh, make music and uh, yeah, produce like electronic music, synth pop kind of style, experimental, cross with other genres. I don't, I don't really know. Um, very video game inspired and um, I've got my debut album actually coming out um, on the 18th of november which is less than two weeks away which is <laughs> which is very soon so yeah excited yeah do you want to do you want to uh, let people know where um that uh, album launch is going to be if people might be interested oh yeah um so i'm actually putting on an album launch gig on the saturday 19th at the cavendish arms in london so um you can find me on all social media at becky machine and you'll be able to get t- tickets for the gig uh by finding me on my socials <laughs> Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I've uh, been having a little uh, listen. Uh, uh, to Ethereal is uh, definitely a track I'm quite like. It's not usually my type of music, but listening to Ethereal, I was actually quite enjoying it, to be honest. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, and obviously, uh, Fergus gave you a plug last week as well for a uh, favourite content creator, so that was awesome. Yeah, I've also <laughs> just bought my T-shirt, Becky Machine T-shirt, and we'll be at the gig. Uh, hopefully wearing the Becky Machine T-shirt, so come find me. <laughs> Yeah. Just get a plain T-shirt with a like a piece of paper saying Becky Machine. I if the T-shirt doesn't arrive in time, like your order print out or something. Placeholder. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, placeholder definitely for sure. But no, honestly, Becky, it's really great to have you on today. And obviously, you know, uh, in regards to like talk about video game inspired this week, people, we are going to be doing our favorite game soundtracks. Now, like music is a very like subjective thing. You know, it's very difficult to see how video games work in this regard and. It's it, this has actually been a very difficult list. I'd actually say quite more difficult than favorite films, in my opinion, because even if you like a certain game series, there could you know be only one song from that game you actually really enjoyed quite a bit. So we're going to be definitely getting into that today. But so what we're going to do is, people, we're going to go through a possible honor mentions list. You know, maybe a few what we mentioned there. Quickly whittle those out a bit, and then we'll get into our top list. Some of us have five, some of us less than that, but we'll just keep rolling around. We're not going to put them in ranking order because I think you know. It's probably not the best way to do it, in my opinion, because, again, I means subjective. It's the best way to enjoy it. Right. But I think it's time that we get into our top list. What, what, do, you, what do you people think? Should, should, we, uh, should we get into it? Let's talk about game music. Right. Let's, let's, let's roll. So, right. I think uh, 
Actually, I think we'll start with, you know, the guest host today with uh, her honourable mentions, if you have any. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, honourable mentions from me. I don't know what anyone else has chosen, so I'm just going to throw them in. Um, the Last of Us, just because it's amazing, everything about that game. And uh, Fallout New Vegas and just Fallout in general, because I love how they incorporated music of, of kind of that time period into the Pip-Boy. Very immersive. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about Gustavo in a little bit. I'll definitely tell you that for sure. That is correct. No, um, Fallout New Vegas, you don't ever really hear that that much. I know people, you know, say that's not as good as Fallout 3 um, in that, that time period, but I think... Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. What, 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 Fallout New Vegas is one of the best Fallout games. I've heard opposite that. better than Fallout 3. Definitely, but well, then I guess I'm wrong, people. I've just been put into my place. That's definitely the best way to be. They're both you know, amazing. Yeah, no, the host definitely put in his place, and that, I, I love that. Get, get, bring the anger, people. I love it so much. But no, that's a, a good honorable, honorable mentions list, Becky. Uh, so what, what would you say about those games that you quite enjoy about them, the soundtrack specifically? I think The Last of Us, just because it's so um immersive and narrative, and the music only complements the story and it's just a very beautifully composed uh, game and yeah fallout new vegas you're running around the wastelands in a post-apocalyptic world but it's in the future but set kind of in uh, what we would say like well i don't remember what time period it was maybe 1930s or 40s but um yeah you've got kind of old school music um and you've just got a little pit boy on your wrist and you can turn it on and you're wandering through the wastelands getting attacked by i don't know cockroaches and all sorts and it's just a really great complimentary like music to the to the atmosphere of the game would you well. say uh would you say with the uh, the pit boy did you ever fall for the uh, the pit boy collectible did you actually get one of a pit boy yourself at all by any chance I didn't. <laughs> uh, no, I know for definitely a few people that definitely did that. But no, that is an, that's an awesome list, Becky. Thank you. Uh, some excellent game selections for the beginning. I think we're going to roll over to Chaz now. Sure thing. Um, I, I've only got one thing to mention for Honourable um, because actually I agree with the point you made earlier where there's a lot of tracks that stand out to me in a lot of games that I know, but not necessarily the entire album. Um, that being said, um, one of the franchises that stuck out to me Music-wise, for a long time, uh, is the Sonic franchise, um, specifically uh, uh, the Mega Drive games, and you know some of the stuff on um, on Dreamcast, you know Sonic Adventure, um, especially Sonic Three and Knuckles. That just has you know so many really memorable tracks. Though there's a bunch from uh, Sonic Two and Sonic One I like as well. Uh, the Chemical Plant Zone is a particular favourite. Um, but yeah, Sonic is obviously really well known for its awesome music. Um, so much so that Sonic Three and Knuckles has um, a whole album, which is a remix album done by um, OC Remix. Uh, I believe it's 35 tracks by, it's a collaboration album. It was done a while ago now, but it's awesome. Um, and it just goes to show, you know, how many fans um, that the uh, the original Sonic games has in terms of their music content. Um, it's very iconic, even today. No, that's awesome. Like, um, I, I never hugely played this uh, the Sonic games growing up myself, to be honest, but, you know, I think... The one track I can go to and probably everyone else can go to is Green Hills. Like, I think that's a, you know, very, very famous Sonic track. Yeah, it is super well-known, but, like, there's a bunch, you know. You've got, like, um, well, Emerald Hill Zone, which is kind of like the sequel to Green Hill Zone. Chemical Plant, um, Flying Battery Zone from Sonic 3. There's tons. It's, uh, it's a great franchise for music. I have to say, I know many of the lyrics from the Sonic Adventure soundtrack because I used to play that loads. Yeah. Very, um, that's... very fun. 
that's the thing. Uh, you know, Sonic Adventure one and two also have a different kind of style because it's a later platform. Um, but yeah, um, Crush Forty, yeah, really well known. Uh, again, they do a lot of music for Sonic, and uh, yeah, they're, they're bangers. It's an awesome soundtrack, awesome franchise for music. No, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Chaz. Uh, right, we're gonna roll around to Fergus now. Uh, one really, and it's sort of a crossover. Um, the Golden Eye. 007, uh, Nintendo 64. That's soundtrack. a cheat. That's a cheat. How is that a cheat? It's a classic. It's an absolute classic. Um, short, I, I know they use the main Bond theme at the beginning, but all of the other music is uh, for the game. And uh, just really good background music to carry the game through. Um, you would bear in mind, back in these days, there were... Uh, there was not much room on that cartridge. So trying to create low bit rates, uh, but good sounding intense music for a pretty long campaign of a game is is, is an achievement in itself. But um, I, I played this game a lot. Um, first got me into first person shooter, round robin multiplayer sort of stuff. So I, I think... Big I, head mode. Big head mode, all the cheats. Yes, I think I've only recently completed um, 007 Goldeneye. Um, also, the film is absolutely cracking. Um, but classic soundtrack. Everyone will know at least one song from it if they hear it. If they've grown up with the Nintendo, um, truly brilliant. No, that's awesome. And like, yeah, I think uh, you know, all of us probably here have all played Goldeneye to some extent. Uh, I I just look back on the days of trying to control that game, like while shooting with the controller it had it was looking back at now how the hell they did that i don't know but again it's such a legendary yeah. game and i'm wondering if that remake is coming out like there's been rumor is it rumor oh um i think I, I think it is a legit trailer i think a lot of people have tried to remake it in their own time so i've seen an awful lot of fan remakes on youtube that have never actually made it to air because of various legal issues but i think it is officially coming out yeah also you can stream uh Nintendo 64 games on the Switch now, which I believe Goldeneye is one of, so you can play the original on Switch. Yes, I believe that's on the Nintendo Online uh, subscription service, if I'm correct. Yep. Yeah, yes, that's awesome. Excellent, thank you very much. Right, we're going to roll around to James now. Yeah, are we, to clarify, are we doing top three or top five video games? So we're doing top five, but do you have any honourable mentions yourselves, personally? Is it top three or top five? We're doing top five, but do you have any honourable mentions? Uh, no, but it was top okay. three, and I would have put my four and five. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we'll, uh, we'll round out my uh, honorable mentions. So I've got three myself, and I'm actually going to mention specific tracks here. So I'm talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, and Spider-Man. Ironically, every game that came out in 2018. Uh, so like, I'm talking about uh, specifically from Red Dead Redemption 2, if you've played the game, it's the track called "The Way That's The Way It Is uh, by Daniel Lenisso. It's the, basically the... This sort of like the final journey track for Arthur Morgan. I think it's an amazing track before his final uh, showdown with uh, characters within the game. Don't want to spoil it for people because the game is still young enough to actually go play it. If you've never played Red Dead Redemption 2, it's such a vivid story. And I think that track for you on such a long journey in that game that it allows you to have such an immeasurable connection to the character. I'd say there's a track at the end of the game I won't specifically mention because it does uh, tie to the uh, end of the game. But... Yeah, that's um, it plays like a sort of montage sequence near the end of the game of how the events lean up to that point, and it's just an amazing uh, three to four minute uh, score. Uh, now, ironically, the next two games, God of War and Spider Man, that's literally the title of the tracks, 
but uh, God of War from Bear McCreary and Spider-Man by John uh, Pisano. I think these uh, songs are just like amazing tracks to have going into these this game, these game series. God of War specifically for those, I got a lot of a Gregorian trance, that's what I'm saying, you know, like the power and the like the pure, pure, you know, strength going into that soundtrack. And obviously coming off of the uh, previous games, which I wasn't actually a huge fan of, but going into God of War 2018, how massively amazing it was and that soundtrack was just stunning i've listened to the intro to god of war ragnarok can't wait one day to go um and they've basically like redone it with an added layer to it so i'm really looking forward to see how the soundtrack plays out there spider-man um marvel spider-man on playstation was such a an amazing accomplishment what they did there and specifically to actually introduce a new spider-man theme song with such power it has um i thought it was an amazing thing and it really ties that character's narrative off really well so yeah those are those are my honorable mentions. Right, so we're now going to get into our top five list now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, not top three, James, but top five. <laughs> and, uh, right, so we're going to throw it back to Becky now for her first choice. Okay. Um, yeah, in no particular order. So um, I'd say Ghost Runner uh, was an amazing, has an amazing soundtrack composed by Daniel Deluxe. It is a kind of cyberpunky, fast-paced action slash not really a puzzle game, but you have to figure out the best way to kill all the enemies on the map. And if you get hit once, you have to restart the level. So, but the the soundtrack's really like upbeat, synthwave, and and outrun. And highlight songs for me would be Infiltrator and Let Them Know. And it's definitely worth a listen. Awesome. No, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I've I've tried to play Ghost Runner quite a bit. Like the extreme fast pacedness of that game. Like I I see it as the free running Doom in a way. Um, like the way it plays out. Like it feels like Mirror's Edge and Doom had a baby, and that's a uh, Ghost Runner. I never completed it myself, but the soundtrack was actually really stunning. You are definitely correct there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Right. Uh, we're gonna roll around to Chaz now for his uh, first choice. Cool. Well, I don't know how many of you heard of this one, um, but I played this a lot growing up. Uh, it is Total Annihilation. It's a old RTS game. Came out in 1997. It was pretty groundbreaking at the time. Um, it's to give a very basic summary about um, humans piloting mechs. It's like a futuristic game um, versus like sentient robots who have kind of like a sentient AI that's rebelled against them um it's a war that spans across a bunch of planets um, and consume could consume the whole galaxy um the reason i like this particular soundtrack is that it's basically full of epic orchestral battle music um some amazing amazing stuff there um it also has some more kind of calm morbid pieces that kind of reflect the kind of background tragedy of the setting um it's also noteworthy for being um the first of many award-winning scores by jeremy saul who i think will probably come up more often um if not from just me um but yeah no particular stand-up tracks i think that it, it has two flavors it's like epic battle music or the kind of more chill morbid ones but uh the whole thing is is very very atmospheric very awesome it's a great soundtrack it's burned into my brain uh i played it years ago but i can still load it up on youtube and just be like oh this is such a good track so yeah that's my first one total annihilation no it's awesome man i'm uh you're definitely uh just to let you know people we will uh actually definitely plug this in the beginning but with chaz uh impressing that track we will actually be creating um spotify youtube and amazon playlists of this so when you listen to the episode we'll have an entire uh, list of soundtracks going through so you can actually listen to these songs as we as it plays out because 
obviously copyright could be an issue so you don't really want to play it over this list so we'll uh, have that company for you to actually listen to during the podcast or afterwards you can play it listen along right but we're going to send it across to fergus now for his uh, first choice uh so i feel we should get this one out of the way quickly uh skyrim uh the entire skyrim soundtrack um I ended up re-downloading Skyrim to continue my campaign that I haven't played for nearly a year whilst researching this because the music has got me in the mood to continue playing Skyrim. Um, Skyrim first came out in 2011 and has been pretty much at the front and centre of people playing games ever since. The music, I think, is a very big part of that. Like It hasn't got old and... When I'm not playing Skyrim, I'm using most of the tracks uh, as ambience for D&D campaigns. So <laughs> it's been pretty much constantly on for nearly 11 years now. Um, Jeremy Sewell uh, has composed the soundtrack for this game, but he also did Oblivion and a lot of stuff for the Elder Scrolls Online game. Um, yeah, I think he, he he really is the sound of Elder Scrolls. Um, he's got the mood for the fact that the fantasy world there just right. Um, the game's theme song, Dragonborn, features lyrics from the fictional dragon language. Um, so the entire album is in Dovazol, the um, fictional dragon language, which, you know, coming up with your own language is no mean feat. Um, again, like, you will be have to be living under a rock to have not heard one of these songs. Um, I was going to say, I was tempted to pick Skyrim as well. I'm kind of glad that I didn't because you went with it. But um, yeah, it's uh, obviously it's pretty iconic, especially like you said, the uh, the main theme <laughs> so well known. Um, I think part of the reason that Skyrim has had the longevity it has is because of the music. You know, there's a lot of reasons, but I think that's a contributing factor. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, it's very hard to pick a track. Um, I think I en- ended up liking the entire album on my uh, Spotify-liked list, so... <laughs> yeah, it's quite choice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Fergus. Uh, we're going to first through Dara over to James now for his uh, first selection. Cool, yeah. Uh, my first, suge- my first uh, selection is a game that I have never played, but it's a game that I was listening to... It's a game whose soundtrack I was listening to when I did my writing, uh, and it's because... I've been trying to write quite a lot of uh, comedic kind of uh, material in, 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 in recent years. And this soundtrack is from a comedy game. It's a very whimsical soundtrack. It's a very silly soundtrack. And that game is Psychonauts. And it just perfectly kind of like, um, perfectly emulates everything that I'm trying to do with my writing. Just uh, completely silly, crazy kind of uh, madcap music. That's awesome. I never played Psychonauts myself, but I know they just released Psychonauts 2 recently, and I know it was uh, really well received by the community, I believe. Uh, And yeah, uh, it's definitely a game I'd like to visit. I don't know if I could handle the wackiness to that degree. I know it's a a taste for some people, but... I I, I don't know what the game's like itself. I just know the music's um, quite wacky, so that's perfect for me. You know, I... I was there is a soundtrack that I've listened to a bunch, which I've never really played the game of. Um, just to like slightly piggyback off that, and that's Jet Set Radio. Um, that again, that's just like such like live upbeat music. But I didn't want to pick it because I've never played it. But just wanted to throw that in there since you've uh, we're in a similar situation. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. We're, we may have to do an episode on people in regards to like you know games we've never played, but you know soundtracks we enjoy, or you know films 
included, you know, maybe do a specific episode on that. Uh, right, rolling on to me. So I think we'll just get this one out of the way because Becky mentioned it in her, her honorable mentions at the beginning. We, it is The Last of Us, uh, part one and two specifically. Uh, two tracks. So obviously uh, The Last of Us main theme by Gustavo Santolalo. Uh, it's such an amazing score. Like, you know, it has such a passion to it. And uh, again, you know, as Becky mentioned, it definitely drives the narrative in that um, in that game so well. And I know they haven't played it in the uh, the TV show adaptation yet for the previews. And I'm guaranteeing they're probably saving that for when the actual show comes out because I don't think they want to play that song. And if they don't have it, that is um, extremely bad, in my opinion, for a video game adaptation. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's an amazing score. And you'd, it, it's really interesting. You could get a literally just a guitar playing familiar song and it just gives such a powerful, um, powerful piece for people. The uh, second one is actually... Uh, it's actually played in The Last of Us Part 2, but it's actually a cover of a Pearl Jam song, and that's uh, Future Days, which Joel plays um, at the beginning of the game. And it's such an emotional piece for the game, and actually the song actually plays out throughout the entirety of the game. It's played in two, two three points in the game, and it's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's about the, you know, the really close relationship between Joel and Ellie and how, how that plays out as time goes by and how life can pass by and how you just want to remember the, the the days that you had together. And I just think it's like a really emotional piece. And listening to that track while Joel was playing it to Ellie in the game um, was such an amazing thing. Also, I uh, listened to a, uh, listen to watching on YouTube today, Neil Druckmann was actually did used to play that song to his daughter. And then uh, when, um, when Troy Baker was actually asked to play that song in the game, he was kind of nervous doing it. He is a musician himself, so that did play out well, but yeah, just playing that game and actually being able to strum the guitar as well, which I thought was an excellent addition to The Last of Us Part 2. You know, even playing like, you know, Take On Me and loads of other songs was a great addition, specifically for music in that game. And go on YouTube, people, to see actually people playing original songs in that game as well, using the actual in-game guitar. It's a very excellent way of playing that game. But yeah, Future Days, I've I've teared up listening to that song, you know, at points, you know, it's, um, it's a really emotional piece and it does play out at the end of the game as well and does have a major emotional impact that's uh that's my first selection so yeah uh right we're gonna send it back to becky for her next choice okay so next choice is the bloodborne soundtrack i myself am a massive uh soulsborne fan and uh yeah bloodborne is incredible and the soundtracks just fits the setting so well very dark setting um epic orchestral kind of dark music and um yeah just the world just spirals into just this this just yeah um but yeah amazing highlight song for me uh is, is called cleric beast which is the first boss you encounter in the game and i will never forget that that moment when he just it just appeared out of nowhere and this massive orchestral like horrific music just came in and I knew I was about to get my butt kicked like um so yeah it was it, yeah very epic soundtrack no that uh I I played Bloodborne for 30 minutes before uh it was on stream and uh my friend kept telling me the wrong button to use the health and I eventually just gave up I couldn't be bothered anymore uh <laughs> yeah I as uh, myself and James have talked in the past we were never in the past we were never good at those types of games until Elden Ring so that's uh, yeah. you know, and I've heard, uh, you know, the Elden Ring soundtrack is such a such an amazing thing as well. Um, I'm probably going to go listen to the Bloodborne soundtrack. So for like the Elden Ring soundtrack, it could be the same approach as Psychonauts or Jet Set Radio. Just enjoying the actually, you know, 
can I play the soundtrack without dying? Basically, you know, that that's how easy it would be for me actually to actually do. But no, uh, that's all, Specky. Thank you for that. Right, we're gonna send on to Chaz now for his next selection. It's another Mega Drive game. <laughs> I don't know what it is for some reason. Like that, the, the sound chip and that uh, system stuck with me. But uh, it's Earthworm Jim One. Um, I really like this game, and it's got it's a great example of a classic video game soundtrack um it's iconic to the mega drive it takes advantage of that kind of like clinky heavy metal kind of t- uh take that the mega drive can do really well so much so that i think people remember uh the mega drive version over the snes version which technically has better sound capacity um so it's a track it's a soundtrack by tommy tallarico who is the uh, founder of video games live which some of you guys might be aware of um it sounds great on the Mega Drive originally, but it was also released as Enhanced Edition on PC and Mega CD. Uh, so it has a full um, composed soundtrack rather than, you know, just through the the soundtrack on the uh, Mega Drive. Um, as I said, it's just a great example of uh, a classic video game tracks from that era, but it also has some really kind of funny, unique stuff in there. Um, what the heck is a, a level set in hell? It's half... Um, Classical music, half elevator music, um, and Andy Asteroids is a banjo piece uh, with some sheep sounds in there. <laughs> uh, some of my favourites are uh, Buttville the Descent. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, you've just unlocked like childhood <laughs> memories because I used to love this game, and I've just had to you know search it, and it is the same game Earthworm Jim game I used to play. And yeah, that's that the soundtrack with the elevator. It's all coming back. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. But I love when that happens. It's like something clicks in your brain. You're like, oh my god, I remember this years ago. I, I feel like um, music and sounds and stuff actually do kind of embed themselves into your brain quite a lot. I found that a lot of these soundtrack I'm going to talk about, um, they are kind of old, but that's because you know they've embedded themselves for so long in my consciousness. But yeah, um, that's my pick for uh, from Jim One. It's uh, an awesome soundtrack. I just, uh, fun, fun, or uh, really super fat to you. I actually tried to play that game with a joystick back in the day, like a little flight joystick. Oh, no. And it was it was the worst decision. That's the only other time I've played Flight Earth with Jim is on one of the uh, space levels. Like, I believe that just his head spinning around, just trying, trying to move that joystick. Left and right was fine. Jumping was the issue. Uh, that was the only other time I ever played Earth with Jim, to be honest. I remember it being really difficult. It is pretty difficult. Um, I mean, a lot of games in that era were. I, fi- I think it's like one of the harder games. Um, I finished it once on Mega CD, and my friend said that didn't count because uh, there's a particular difficult bit that they took out for that version. I'm like, it counts. I did it. It no, definitely counts. <laughs> well, I mean, as we discussed uh, last week, you know, in regards to, um, or the week before, in regards to Digimon, um, that was a game that I had great difficulty with. It turns out that was the uh, second screen in the game. So that just shows <laughs> to share my, uh, my gaming ability back in the day, to be honest. But no, uh, thank you very much, Taz, for that uh, selection. We're going to go across to Fergus now. Uh, okay, so next up is another classic, uh, a bit earlier this time, uh, but Halo, the original soundtrack. Um, so this is Halo Combat Evolved, uh, composed and produced by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore for Bungie, um, released 2002. So again, quite some time ago, nearly 20 years ago now. Um, but everyone knows the Halo opening suite, uh, Gregorian chant song, like 
I'm sure you've seen videos yeah. of people spontaneously breaking into Gregorian chants at Gamescom and this sort of thing. Um, it, again, it's another one of these fairly early-ish soundtracks that's kind of defined an era of gaming, really. I mean, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to you know, slide in here and basically say, yeah, that was on my list too. So Halo is on my list too. Not specifically, uh, yeah. not specifically those tracks. Uh, it was actually, I actually chose different ones. But when you talk about the Gregorian chant, just goes to show people God of War, Halo, get a good Gregorian chant in there and you've got a good track on your hands. Because I've seen plenty of videos on YouTube as well of, you know, men in the bathroom, just like like 20 men in the bathroom, just like having a choir to the song. It's just hilarious, to be honest. I went on holiday to, I think it was, yeah, it was Wales a few years back, and we found this random massive cave. Um, and yeah, several of my friends broke out into the, the Halo chant in there because the acoustics just worked for it. It was cool. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Like, you know, again, my, you know, I'm actually going to specifically talk about Halo 3 myself. So finish the fight was, I think, you know, such oh. an ep epic, yeah, exactly. Epic conclusion. That piano I, chord. Oh. Exactly. You know, it's like um, a lot of people would choose, you know, the Halo 2 guitar theme, which, I, you know, I'm still okay. hoping yeah. for. I'm still hoping for from the Halo TV show. Like, because um, I can say from the TV show, they, um, they've used more like the calming theme uh, for the actual show. They didn't really use the Halo fight theme, which I was quite frustrated with until like the last for, like 23 seconds at the end of the show, which did really frustrate me. Uh, but yeah, no, the other one I actually want to mention is uh, Halo 4. Uh, I know a lot of people don't talk about, you know, those games as much, but uh, the track is uh, by uh, Kazuma Jinoshi, uh, I pronounced the name correctly. It's uh, the track 117. Uh, it's a seven and a half minute track, and it's just like this elevating, epic uh, piece. And like it's the elevation of this character. It's it's his. I feel it's like his his journey at that point up to the Halo franchise after like the events of the previous trilogy and going up against the Prometheans this time. Um, the Prometheans, I pronounced that correctly. Uh, yeah, it just um, it just goes to show you know even though like the composer can be different, you know if, if someone could bring something new to an entire the franchise and it could give that added. Not just an added layer, but an extra layer of like powerful, like uh, ambiance to the character, and also just emotional drive. And that's one of my. So I, you know, another track I'd I'd mention is Arrival, but it's not. I don't like it as much as One One Seven. I think that's probably the track I remember most, outside of like Finish the Fight and the uh, the the guitar theme from Halo Two. So that's why I chose Halo Armor as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like there might be a quite a lot of Halo floating around. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's quite a lot of assorted Halo soundtrack trivia going on. Um, it <laughs> fell to Niall Rogers to tell Microsoft to release the soundtrack originally, because back in the day, people didn't release game soundtracks. Uh, so now Microsoft is on board with releasing game soundtracks. Um, uh, also, it is my understanding that the Gregorian chart was kind of an accident after a, a uh, rogue encounter with a rogue uh, Gregorian chart CD. Or the composer. So you gotta, you, you gotta love that, like that rogue <laughs> chance kind of Gregorian chance he did actually be mixed into a game soundtrack. I mean, yeah. um, you know, obviously, yeah, I go on to YouTube people to actually check out like uh when they included Steve Vai for the actual like electric guitar version for Halo 2. There's a lovely uh, behind the scenes uh, documentary and like or a video at least uh, showing the composition of that track. But I didn't want to put that on because I think that's like that's pretty much the most go-to track for Halo, in my opinion, like the, the guitar theme. So I thought I'd choose something different. Yeah. So you've uh, you've pretty much taken mine off my list now as well, Fergus. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll take across to James now for his next selection. Cool. My next selection is one of the Batman Arkham games. It is Batman Arkham Origins, which controversially for me is my favourite in the series, um, just from the games itself. But also, I think the soundtrack is one of the best. Uh, it's, it's all set at Christmas. The main theme or the Joker theme is. Carol of the Bells, 
the very, very sinister version of Carol of the Bells, although I will say that that song is sinister no matter what you do uh, do with it. But yeah, guys, per- per- perfect game. Big, bombastic uh, theme of Batman Dark Knight themes, as, as well as if I can like Christmassy kind of um, themes going through a lot of the soundtracks. It's uh, perfectly evocative of, of that game. To say, uh, this is kind of random, but I, I really like Carol of the Bells like as a Christmas song. I love it. So you'll have to. I'm really curious to see how they've made it creepy. You'll definitely have to put that in your. I, uh, to be fair, I just think that song is creepy as fuck, anyways. Oh, yeah, interesting. Well, I, I, I want to see how they make it more creepy. So you'll have to include that in your your list for that will come along with this episode. No, it's awesome. Uh, I Arkham Origins is definitely up there. I know a lot of people do downplay the game quite a bit. I actually did quite enjoy it myself. Um, it was nice to see you know Batman in the earlier days of his adventures before the uh, the Arkham games took off. I think a lot of people in regards to soundtracks would majorly go for Arkham City, but it's really nice that you went for uh, Arkham Origins, James. That's awesome. And uh, I'm currently playing Gotham Knights myself. Maybe check back in a few episodes, people, when I finish that and uh, get my opinions on it. So, yeah, we're now going to uh, flip back to Becky for her next selection. Okay. Uh, my next one is the Subnautica soundtrack. Um, really epic, uh, really epic game. Um, you crash land on an, on an alien ocean and uh, you have to survive and explore the, the deep, dark depths of this massive ocean. And the soundtrack's very chilled, very futuristic for the most part. And uh, just, yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. Um, it's composed by Simon Chilinski. And uh, my highlight track would probably be Into the Unknown. Um, but yes, like deep sea, exploration, survival game. And yeah, I have very fond memories playing that game. Yeah, absolutely fantastic game. Play, played it loads, but I got nowhere near completing it. Um, but yeah, high, high recommended game, high recommended soundtrack as well. Not my list, but good choice. I uh, yeah, it's interesting because obviously you know I've got a lot of friends you know you know who have played some Nautica and really love the game series. And I'd have to say that game studio, I've got to give them credit for taking a literal right turn for their next you know the latest game, Moonbreaker, which I've heard is a uh, heard is quite good to be honest with the uh, the uh, statue game. You know, I haven't heard of it. So it's a uh, it's it's sort of like um, you know. Uh, you know, Warhammer figurine style games. It's from brand. Uh, it's written by Brandon Sanderson. It's an original universe. You can actually paint the models in it. Uh, it's turn-based. The animations are in there. There's VFX. Uh, it's all voice acted uh, as well, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's it's out in early access now on Steam actually. So I definitely recommend checking it out. It's called Moonbreaker. It's uh, one of my. I've I've played a bit of it, and they do like when it comes to like the painting. There are like four layers to the paint brushes. And you could go in, it's all customizable, and I believe you can save your uh, paints that you trade to different people. There's multiplayer. Um, and I know uh, if you like enjoy your Warhammer painting, there's a good dry brush setting. I've heard it's very good for the uh, <laughs> for the game. So yeah, no, that's uh, that's Moonbreaker. Yeah, so it was really interested to see them go from Subnautica to that. Yeah, I have to check it out. Oh I yeah, I've no, played the second one. I haven't played uh, Below Zero yet. Yes, I've heard that. Uh, I heard that as good as well. Uh, I've got a friend who plays Ark and Subnautica. Those were his two uh, two flip flop games. He he went through quite a bit to be honest. But no, that's awesome. Right, we're gonna send about to Chaz now. Cool. So yeah, it's Jeremy Saul again. Of course, he come up, and uh, it's well, you probably guessed already, but it's uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I was torn between Skyrim and Oblivion. Um, I'm really glad Fergus mentioned it actually, um, but I went with Oblivion in the end because for me, the tracks are just 
slightly more um, ingrained into me. Um, the opening theme, which is Reign of the Septims, that's the title music that plays on your menu, is super iconic. It's burned into my brain forever. Um, I, the thing I really like about it is the the music tracks, the the uh, the action tracks uh, that play during combat and during like big sequences is really good. But for me, the things that stand out the most are actually the really peaceful, calm, and like quite beautiful pieces of of orchestral music that play while exploring the wilderness and the towns. Um, I think it's kind of similar to to what Becky mentioned about the stuff that plays where you're just kind of going through the wilderness and Fallout. Similar kind of vibe, but obviously a different kind of music. But as you guys know. Um, Bethesda do those kind of the wandering, exploring games well, and the music in their the titles suits that kind of gameplay, and that's the the music that sticks out to me for for those soundtracks. Yeah, no, um, like uh, Elder, I'm wondering how it's going to be elevated for six. You know, when it eventually comes out, in probably like you know eight years time, when they release Skyrim three more times in the next platforms. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see how that will play out. To be honest, like I've and I, I don't know if, he, if he's coming back for the next one. I'm presuming they will bring him back for the as the composer for the next one. If, if he's you know smashed out of the park for the uh, the previous games he's done, he's still there for the um, MMORPG. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I feel like I mean they could do it, but Jeremy Saul is pretty iconic for um, for Elder Scrolls. So hopefully he would be back. Oh, one thing I've got to mention as well, uh, as well as Rainer Septims, uh, another track I really really like is Wings of Kinnereth, and that's one of the more calm, peaceful tracks. Uh, that I mentioned. No, it's awesome. Well, uh, I'm, lo- I'm loving these sections, people. I, lo- I love the fact that also, you know, uh, as mentioned, you know, certain composers will come up quite a bit. Obviously, for Chaz and Fergus, it's very Elder Scrolls related at the moment. Maybe, uh, maybe we might get a, you know, Morrowind a bit later, a bit later down the line, to be honest, and then if he composed that as well. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, Codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale. A short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Right, we're going to set about to Fergus for his next selection. Uh, so next up is Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, a game that is literally be uh, about playing various instruments musically. Um, again, fairly pretty classic soundtrack with uh, classics like Epona's song, Hyrule Fields, the the main theme itself. Um, it's uh, a composer of notes. Uh, Koji Kondo uh, is is composed an awful lot of uh, Nintendo's um, soundtracks. So he's done Super Mario sixty four, he's done Star Fox, he's done a lot of the Zeldas. Um, he's in the Super Smash Bros. series. Um, so again, a composer that is smashing it out time and time again in quite a wide variety of games. Um, I would say Ocarina of Time is has stuck with me. Because this is my one of my main games when I was playing Nintendo sixty four, um, and you know, sort of introduction to playing a virtual ocarina. Because you know, oh, and if you move the um, joystick, you could pitch bend your ocarina. So I started. I think this kind of introduced me to like 
electronic music in a sort of weird way uh, the game itself um again, again the soundtrack classic still listen to it to this day um but a great musical game overall uh, that feels that should be mentioned no, it's awesome. I, uh, in regards to like, Ocarina of Time, I've never actually completed it myself. Is, uh, Breath of the Wild is no, the, only, yeah. the only Zelda game I've ever completed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I got stuck in the Shadow Temple. It was too scary. Um, <laughs> I was like maybe maximum 10 at the time. It was a terrifying game if you're young. <laughs> I've actually never played um, a Zelda game. <sighs> I mean, well, I'm not going to lie, you know, Breath of the World for me, Breath of the World was my introduction mainly to actually completing the game. And I do highly recommend playing it. Like when I played it, I literally, I, I played it entirely in handheld mode. It's a running joke in this podcast in general. People I know, like there's a horse you could get at the beginning of that game. I played the game for 140 hours. I only found you could get a horse halfway through. So I was kind of uh, annoyed myself for that. Uh, yeah, so I went hardcore mode, travel mode. But I think it also allowed me to appreciate the environments more and actually the music going into it. I think Breath of the Wild definitely had a great accompanying soundtrack. Becky, don't feel bad. Uh, I've barely played Zelda games as it is. Uh, I just kind of skipped like <clears throat> Nintendo consoles growing up apart from yeah. Game Boy. So I played a lo- load of Pokemon, ton of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. same. But you know, I, was, I was a PS1 kid and then I had an Xbox. So yeah, just kind of skated by though. Yeah, just want to echo that, you're not alone. I've only ever played one Zelda game, and that was on the original Game Boy, about showing my age now, it's probably about 30 years ago. Yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely think, uh, if I, I'm hoping, like, with Skyward Sword being, like, remastered, they might actually give, like, Ocarina of Time a nice update, because I think that would be a game that actually worked really well. Because uh, I know, um, yeah, it'd just be really good to have, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, thank you very much for that, Fergus. Are we going to send across to James now for his next selection? And that selection is going to be... It's going to be, once I unmute myself, um, it's going to be Pride. The Arcane's Pride, to be um, precise. So one released in 2017. Very underappreciated game. One of the best games, in my personal opinion, that's been released in recent years. It's an immersive sim set in a space station. It's And the soundtrack perfectly evokes, again, it perfectly evokes the whole situation. The whole isolatedness of being trapped in a space station. And a whole kind of like sense of hopelessness when when you're when that station is being attacked by by like an alien invasion, and it's perfectly ev- evokes all of that kind of like tension uh, from that whole situation really really well. I have to say, um, I have this random like I have this synthwave synthwave electronic music playlist um, on Spotify, um, and there's this track on that it's really really good, and I didn't know where it was from, and then one day I looked at the cover, and it was from Prey, and I was like, oh, but I would not have guessed that that's where it was from, but it's really good. Yeah, just following on from that, um, Prey is such an underrated game. Like, it just kind of, I remember it released and I played it and it was amazing, but no one else had really heard about it. And I was like, how have you not heard about this amazing game? Like, it was great. Yeah, it's it's about five years old now, but it still holds up. So if anybody out there has not checked it out, thoroughly recommend it. I know, uh, because I got my Steam Deck recently, I think that's one of the games I'm finally actually going to try and complete on my Steam Deck. I think that'd be a good game to just try and go for on that, see how I can actually play for on that. And uh, yeah, stunning, you know, visually stunning game. Uh, The soundtrack from what I can remember was uh, a great uh, accompaniment to that game. So yeah, uh, we're going to flip across to me now. So I'm going to bring in the the old MGS, the old Metal Gear Solid franchise, because I think, you know, I'm a very big um, orchestral uh, fan. So I'm going to talk about two tracks specifically here from two of the different games. So obviously, uh, first, we're going to talk about Sons of Liberty theme with uh, Harry Gregson Williams, Andrew Skeet, and the London Philharmonic. Uh, yeah, this um, takes the evolution of the first Mega Solid theme and just amps it up even more in Sons of Liberty. 
uh this is from 2001 i just think it's such a powerful song like if you are a gamer in general and you this theme starts to play you pretty much automatically know what this game is it's it's such a it's such a staple in the video game culture now like you have your mario themes you have your zelda themes and metal Gear solid is definitely up on that list to be honest like and i think um you know going into this film film franchise uh, sorry i say film franchise ironically there's what a major inspiration for him but going into this game franchise um you know hideo really was inspired by you know the um the old action movies of the back of the day and i think the soundtrack really accompanies the 80s uh period in in, in regards to action films like the the high octane uh, speed of them and i think sons of liberty really elevated that theme even more uh the second one which i think uh a lot of people love the fact it's pretty much a James Bond theme. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Snake Eater by uh, uh, Cynthia Harrell, um, ironically from America, Summer Free Snake Eater in 2004. Uh, no one expected the fact that we went from, you know, such a, a theme from Sons of Liberty to an amazing, essentially James Bond theme for a, a 60s video game uh, with a big boss back in the day. Uh, I, I love listening to this song every now and then, you know. Sometimes I'll have a playlist on and I'll just sneak this into my... Um, you know, favorite female singers, like, you know, and she is definitely up there in regards to that track she does. It's such a powerful piece. And if you listen to the intro, if you look at the intro video to the game as well, it's it's such a, it does literally look like a film and how Hideo selected that track is such an amazing accomplishment. Um, and it's just a powerful piece to include in that game franchise. Uh, I do want to, you know, briefly mention MGS4. Um, I, I don't know a specific track entirely, but there's an end sequence with a final fight in it. It sort of like goes through the journey of Metal Gear Solid and actually the soundtrack that plays out is sort of like a musical journey throughout the entire franchise. It's like a 10 minute sequence, but um, definitely YouTube people just say Final Fight MGS4 and you'll see what I mean. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, my next section for Metal Gear Solid. Right, we're going to flip it back to Becky now. Yeah, um, so the next one for me is a game called Fury. I feel like I've got a bit of a running theme here with, with uh, games and uh, soundtracks, but Fury is... Um, really cool game you, the protagonist you you play you, you start off the game in a jail cell and you basically have to fight your way out uh, boss after boss and it's very vibrant and fast-paced and each boss is quite hard you have to figure out how to defeat it and yeah uh, the, the soundtrack was put together by a bunch of different synthwave artists so wave shaper carpenter brute lawn danger knight and the toxic avenger um and it's just incredible and yeah uh, i've got two songs that, that everyone has to listen to um my only chance by the toxic avenger and 6.24 by danger and it, yeah it's just awesome i've never played that game um but those are some amazing names you dropped like carpenter brute and, mm. and lawn and what was the one you said uh wave shaper yeah oh yeah yeah just you know, I said about my yeah. uh, synthwave playlist, like that's a bunch of stuff that I, I have on there. So mm. yeah, that sounds like a great soundtrack. I'm going to definitely uh, check that out after this. Yeah. And, and the actual game itself isn't that long. I think it was four, I want to say four to five hours. It just depends on the boss fights, really. But yeah, very fast paced and, and, and quite a short game to get stuck into. So might check that one out then because uh yeah i'm rubbish at sticking my game so if it's short and it's got an epic soundtrack yeah sounds like uh definitely a good afternoon right well that's cool well uh speak of that we're gonna actually go set about to chairs now oh uh yeah so you guys probably saw this one coming but it's <laughs> it's halo and this one is uh halo 2 uh the original um soundtrack volume one because um, i believe there was two volumes released um i can literally listen to this front to you know front to back um all the way through uh 
it's got some really, really well-known stuff. Obviously, uh, it's got the Halo theme, the Mjolnir mix, which has got that epic guitar and like, you know, it's like a metally version. It's such a cool take on the theme, uh, as well as Blow Me Away by Breaking Benjamin. A lot of people know that one. Um, but it's also actually really varied as a soundtrack, if you listen to all of it. Um, it's got some epic orchestral pieces uh, like Earth City and Follow, First Moon of the Odyssey, um, to some kind of like creepy ambient ones. And then some very random stuff. Um, there's a dance track on there called Never Surrender. Um, and the last track on that soundtrack is by Huberstank. It's it's strange, but it's good all the way through. Again, burn it to my memory. Listen to it front to back multiple times. Um, yeah, a lot of the Halo music is, is iconic, but that is my favorite of all of the soundtracks for Halo. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I um, back in the college days, I had to create a uh, we had a uh, task to create a um, a music video, but we had to link audio to a video and then. Uh, press a button so we could sequence up in order so as soon as the track ended we had to automatically go to the next one and the music had to flow freely through and uh ben break of benjamin uh, that specific track was actually in the uh, video i specifically remember playing and uh, yeah it's such a a great track and um i never expected actually going into that because i believe uh didn't break of benjamin do a track for the matrix uh films as well if i'm correct back in the day i believe they but did uh, figures around the same I time so, as well. yeah yeah so it was, I, I, it was pretty interesting to have like a matrix film track and then the halo track around the same time period and yeah they were it's it it such a great track to be honest yeah it works really well i remember the level that it plays in and it's 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 a good set piece and it just comes in you come around the corner it starts up yeah it's great um one of the things i want to say as well is the the remaster or the the remake of the track they did for the halo 2 anniversary they kind of took out some of those sillier tracks um and i get why it, they were a bit out of place but i don't know i've got like a fondness for them you got, you got a bit of silliness in there, people. Come on, you know, if you can have Huberstank on your, on your, on your track, you can definitely have, you know, some silly soundtracks in there as well. That's definitely for sure. Huberstank was the silliness, uh, some of it at least. Oh yes, that yes, definitely true. But no, if I go with our chairs, we're gonna uh, send about to Vegas now. Okay, next up is an interesting one. Uh, Banjo Kazooie uh, keeps keeping with Nintendo, but this time via Rare. Uh, so this is the. I, mean, I think it quite leans quite heavily into its soundtrack. Um, I mean, you, you instead of collecting coins, you collect musical notes. Uh, so it has thought about its sound quite a lot. I feel, um, but this is released. This was released on the Nintendo sixty four in nineteen ninety eight and composed by uh, Grant Kirkhope, who again has done quite a lot of uh, games of note, including GoldenEye. Uh, Donkey Kong 64, Banjo-Tooie, of course, uh, Perfect Dark, um, several other games, including Super Smash Bros, Yuki and Laylee, Mario and Rabbids. Um, yeah, quite again, quite a prolific uh, video game composer of some quite notable games. Um, there are some quite notable tracks um, from this game. Uh, I, it was initially designed that the soundtrack would always be present and reflecting the environment you were in, which I think was pretty new for the the era. Uh, so instead of doing tracks of here our hero has entered, let's make the song about this guy who's just entered the room. The songs were about the world you were in because it was again quite a new version of game, similar to Super Mario sixty four, where you would go through paintings into hub from a hub world into 
smaller worlds that had their own themes. So like there's Clanker's Cavern, which is a dock level. Um, Frosty Peaks, which is a snowy mountain level. Um, but the, again, the, the songs adapt very to ref- perfectly to reflect the the environment you're in and, um, you know, plays off the main theme, plays off the Grunty's theme, who is the main villain of the game. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's classic. Um, I'm not sure if you would have encountered these if you had, haven't played the original games. Um, Banjo is now in Super Smash Bros, so I guess his theme is to now. But um, it's got a very particular vibe of, you know, late 90s Nintendo kind of bopping along, same sort of beats per minute thing going on. Um, but it's all fairly upbeat and makes you happy and want to continue playing no matter how t- many times you fall off the top of that big tower or whatever you happen to be trying to do or collect in this game. No, awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've never really played Banjo-Kazooie myself, to be honest, but I only do have two Rare games on your list tonight, so that's pretty awesome mm. to see those. Yeah. No, Rare's great. I do like Rare a lot. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Right, we're going to send it over to James now for his, uh, his next selection. Yep, so my next selection is going to be more for a series of games as opposed to one particular game. And it is one of my fa- my, my favourite series of all time, which is... Oh, um... ASX? The Witcher. Sam. Sam. Oh. So it's Serious Sam games. And very silly action shooters. They chuck loads of enemies at you. You're just gunning everything and backtracking through the levels frantically. And the soundtrack is mostly big, bombastic metal. And it uh, really, really gets you into the, into the adrenaline rush of, of, of the game. But also, the game can be quite... quite Quite, uh, quite silly. Turns out, Serious Sam is not a serious game, and it is. Um, and sometimes the soundtrack also kind of like mimics that kind of like lack of seriousness at times. So, for instance, in Serious Sam: Second Encounter, I remember there being a uh, a Christmassy kind of like snow theme where you are going down like a snowy track with like with, like snow snowman with rocket launchers shooting at you. You've got a very Christmassy kind of. Um, metal kind of like jazzed up kind of um, metal kind of silly kind of uh, Christmassy kind of like theme going alongside all that of that. Sounds hilarious. Makes it so much. It, it makes it adds to the adrenaline rush of a game, but it's also just adds to it. Just 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 being fun and and gloriously stupid. I played a CSM game very briefly when I was younger, and yeah, even just playing at a time frame, I was like, "What the hell am I playing right now?" It's just how fast paced and stupid it was, but so it's so funny to play. I love it so much. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, man. Well, excellent. Thank you, thank you for your next selection, right? Um, so I think I'm going to save my bias game till last. Though, so we'll throw that little bias uh, joke game at the end. But so I'm going to talk about our uh, next game now. Uh, obviously, this is a very very popular game trilogy, but I'm only going to talk about one of them in particular. And that is uh, Mass Effect Three, uh, released in 2012. Two tracks in particular: "I'm Proud of You" by Sam Hulick and "An End Once and for All" by Clint Mansell and Sam Hulick. Uh, these two songs pretty much um encompass the entire trilogy in its uh, how it plays out so i'm proud of you is essentially a game as a track that plays out during the final like goodbye sequence of the game so basically like, saying goodbye to all your companions during the final uh, before the final fight deciding who's going to go in like you've been on this like almost 100 hour 120 hour journey with these characters throughout an entire trilogy some may have died before the game even um you know got to the third game but if they were there you've got these huge relationships with these characters even through the massive dlcs that you played i think it's definitely one of those game trilogies where um 
accomplish something really great like all the garrus stands out there that's definitely for sure you know people gotta love their uh garrus that's for sure um but i do think the soundtrack definitely brought an elevation because you know a lot of people call it like the modern game video star wars to a degree you know this entirely new universe that was created but the the emotional impact this game brought to a lot of people i know a lot of people critique the end of the game i still think master of three is one of my favorite games of all time you know the last 15 minutes doesn't really come into that but you know, there's a sequence near the end of the game where, um, you know, you have to make a major decision and then you see the consequences of that. And yeah, okay, people don't really like that as much. In my opinion, I was actually not against it, but I think the musical uh, company with two was brilliant, in my opinion. And it shows the um, the final emotional uh, breath that plays out. I'm not going to specifically say why I said that in particular, but I think it definitely links to the game. Uh, that's for sure. And I think obviously it is end when we are recording this today people it is actually end seven day today so you know irony it is good that i'm putting this on my list today um i'm really looking forward to see where mass effect 4 goes um uh, in this regard or would it be five i would be four um i still think uh you know shepherd's going to be involved somehow in that game but um i'm hoping the soundtrack is definitely a great accompaniment to that because i don't know that i can't remember the track in particular but there's a character who does pass away in the third game in an explosion I played the game last year again on the Legendary Edition, did bring a tear to my eye again because I thought it was an amazing acting, even after 10 years of playing it. And yeah, I think uh, this game just is so, so powerful. Yeah, I that very nearly made my list, Mass, Mass Effect. Uh, incredible soundtrack to all, all three all three games. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you actually like the uh, specifically the uh, the dance sequences, uh, uh, Becky, by any chance we go to the dance rooms. Yeah. <laughs> go to the club, have a dance. Yeah, because obviously it has like a very synth wave, um, you know, aesthetic to it, you know, and uh, it was a bright, it definitely brought a unique style. I think, um, I definitely think there was an added element to like Blade Runner influenced in there as well. I think there was a huge like you know, influence into the game. And I thought like how they were able to mix those genres uh, in regards to the music, I thought it was uh, perfect, perfected well. But I do think they had a measure drive to the game, which I think these two tracks, I'm proud of you, and then once for all, really, really did solidify that game as one of the best game trilogies of all time. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my next game selection. We're going to uh, round to Becky for the uh, final selection. Yeah, so final selection from me is Dark Souls 1 um, and just the way they kind of use use and place music in this game. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of music. It's very lacking, actually, and uh, empty sounding as you explore the the dark, grim, sad world. And um, and then you encounter a boss and, and that's when the music really kicks in and, and every boss, ha- you know, they ha- it has their own own score, which is specifically designed for the boss fight. And uh, it's just a, an incredible sa- soundtrack. And um, one thing that really stood out to me and is, is one of my highlighted songs is is the final boss, um, Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. And, it, and it's the final boss in the game but the soundtrack is so it's just so calm and, and beautiful. It's a piano piece rather than this big epic, you know, loud orchestral, what you'd expect from a final boss. It's just a very simple, beautiful piano piece. And it's just sad. And it works so well with just the, the overall story and world of Dark Souls. And it ends on such a sad note. <laughs> so because yeah, I'm never, as you know, like, I I really play these games, but uh, it's Lord of uh, Lord of Sin. I'm presuming this is a fire centric boss franchise with the name for the namesake and everything. Or is it just, it's just the name. It's just his name. I can't remember all of the lore uh, in Dark Souls to be honest behind every boss. Um, but yeah, he's he's just the la- the last boss, and um, yeah, it's just really sad. <laughs> I love the idea of rather than having a, a you know a, a really dramatic um, epic piece of final game music just a quiet 
as you said, a calm piece to to round out the game. I, I assume that there's a reason for that in the the law, but it's mm. it sounds unique. But, yeah, like you get to the final boss, you know it's the final place. Um, the game kind of gives you, you know, you're ready. You've got your fog gate, and you stand there, and you're like, right, it's the final boss. Gonna, you know, gonna do it, and you go through, you know, enter the fog, and then just a piano piece, and then the boss just comes running towards you, and it's very quiet and just in a cave and yeah um i was just gonna say uh the final fight in hell but hellblade simula's sacrifice is the same it's kind of like a emotional not very hype song you sort of like get into this epic battle and it's a similar sort of vibe um it kind of really emotionally hits differently i guess hellblade's a really good soundtrack too um yeah I, I, i was tempted but i don't know enough of the tracks to, to say but there's a few definitely standout ones for yeah. Hellblade as well I say no look you know so when, when I you know mentioned like the whole Lord of Cinder thing and you talk about you know very calm music piece so it's like it sort of feels like a smoldering ash sort of thing like the fire's been put out essentially it's just the smoking flames and it's been out and it's just very calming and the music kind of thing I couldn't really run with that joke in the end but uh yeah we'll uh we'll keep going with that <laughs> so yeah no uh, that's awesome Becky uh thank you very much um again like I've I, like because I got the PlayStation Plus uh, collection now, I'm still I'm gonna eventually tackle Demon Souls, uh, just to try and give that a go. I'm hoping Dark Souls One eventually gets a remake down the line, so I might actually give that a go. Because uh, going into Elden Ring, I could I could definitely give an appreciation for it now, and hopefully I might be able to tackle those games one day. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that track when I eventually play uh, Dark Souls One. So yeah, now we're gonna send along to Chaz for his uh, final selection. All right. Uh, it's time to meet for me to rave about Warcraft again. I'm sorry, it has to happen every few episodes I'm on. Um, the World of Warcraft soundtrack, just like a whole bunch of, uh, you know, basically every expansion has amazing soundtracks. Uh, the 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 sooner the older ones are well much more well known to me. Um, but you know there is some amazing amazing epic orchestral pieces they use latin choirs a lot to make them really you know really epic pieces um but they also have a ton of atmospheric tracks used for zones um which i feel you know they really help build the world and the atmosphere of, of these zones that you're exploring again they're burned into my brain that to this day um you know some really iconic pieces um the one thing as well i want to mention is video games live uh does a an amazing medley of warcraft i'll definitely include that in the list um it's a good showcase of overall what makes the warcraft soundtrack uh just incredible um and then some standout tracks for me uh invincible that's the theme of the lich king uh legends of Az- legends of azeroth that's like the well-known um front end screen uh they kind of remix it every expansion but it's always the same kind of general notes uh call to arms um and calling us travel home which is a dungeon. Uh, I have to say, uh, Becky went uh, a bit crazy when I mentioned it. So clearly I've got one fan <laughs> for me at least. Usually when I talk yeah. about WoW and this, I just get like a blank stare. <laughs> I grew up playing World of Warcraft. So um, a lot of the Burning Crusade and, and Wrath of the Lich King soundtrack is, is embedded into my brain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, Burning Crusade, not so much. There are definitely some iconic pieces as well, but the Wrath of the Lich King soundtrack is incredible. Um, I'd like to think that's not just because I played it to death. Um, it's you know iconic and it's it's very atmospheric and it's just awesome. I could I could rant all day about WoW, but uh, mm. I I will not. <laughs> no, I I wrote most of my dissertation listening to the World of Warcraft theme like soundtracks just because it helped me focus. It was yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's awesome. There's uh there's like compilations on YouTube and like four hours long, which are just it's just Warcraft music from 
all over the expansions. So yeah, it's there's some amazing stuff there. No, that's awesome. Like, uh, and uh, obviously put a bit of a downer on that. Now that uh, Henry Cavill is no longer Geralt of Rivia, maybe he'll finally play the Lich King. Uh, when a lot of I know a lot of people want a bit of fan casting there. Uh, so I know uh, he is uh, definitely main choice for that character. To be honest. I would love for them to make uh, a Lich King movie or a TV show. I think Warcraft could work really well as a TV show now that we have big epic TV um, fantasy series. But, you know, we'll see. Probably not, but I would love that. No, another series that would work really well, another fantasy series, um, would be The Witcher, if they actually adapted the freaking books. <laughs> yeah, a bit of saltiness from James there. Not bitter probably... at all. <laughs> I don't mind. I still, I still enjoy, I, I still kind of, I'm one of those who actually do enjoy the shows, but I do understand a lot of the um, frustrations that some people have with the shows. And it does perplex me how they are. Yeah, we can get into it, into another topic, but definitely perplexes me how they've handled some of the material, how they've changed certain characters, and how the second season was. Uh, like 10% of the first book and 90% made up. Uh, definitely a Pandora's box there. People should have been careful about James Wren in regards to that. That's to a future topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Uh, there's, we're actually looking at possibly doing a topic in the future. Reinvent a TV show or movie pitch. So, so it's like a Dragon's Den style episode, but basically you pitch your show or movie to a, a group of people and they actually discuss and see what you can actually nitpick and uh, what can make it better than the original versions. That might be an idea for later on down the line. That's a little sneak peek of the topic for the future people. Uh, but no, that, that's uh, that's awesome, man. I, I I was waiting for World of Warcraft because I was like, he hasn't said it yet. Where is it? Come on, where is it? As isn't it yet? Like, yeah. I didn't intend to put it at the top, implying it's my favorite. Um, I just kind of reordered stuff as you know, Halo came up or you know, Skyrim. You came unconsciously, up. you unconsciously chose it for the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I if I have to, if I had to pick a favorite, it's a good candidate. But you know, why did I say unconscious? I meant subconsciously. What is wrong with me tonight? Yeah, I meant subconsciously. But no, yeah. Yeah, Chaz is a stupidly massive WoW fan, and I was definitely waiting for that uh, to appear on the list. But yeah, no, that's a uh, that's awesome, man. I'm really glad to see. It. Oh, actually, also, I also recommend checking out the recent Corridor Crew episode um, on uh, YouTube for VFX artists because they discuss the um, the intro for World of, uh, World of Warcraft, uh, so Warcraft free uh, introductions for the VFX intros for that. So I don't know, checking out uh, very good. Uh, we actually talked about in our content creation episode. Go check that that out, people as well. We're going to send on to Fergus for his final selection. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Uh, GTA 5, uh, but not the... So we have to talk about radio stations in games for this one. Um, this doesn't just apply to GTA, but uh, a lot of driving games in the past. I have come into contact with an awful lot of uh, new music through games, specifically the radio stations, um, which GTA is, of course, big on. I've specifically chosen a specific radio station for this one as well. Uh, this will be Salt Wax FM. Um, a bit of context, the game was first released in 2013. Uh, this radio station came out with its initial release. Uh, Salt Wax are a kind of a Belgian dance remix um, electronic music outfit. They were kind of sniffing around the soundtrack of GTA 4, so they were kind of involved with LCD sound system and the title track from the advert from uh, GTA 4, and got their own radio station as part of GTA 5, which has led me to discover quite a lot of new music. Um, as I was already fans of Soul Wax, and is, is they, they've introduced me to a large quantity of 
epic music. Um, I do feel there is a large space for music artists and DJs and content curators uh, to have a space in video games to show off new tracks. Um, it is relatively common in some types of games, like um, I think FIFA is quite good at it uh, as well. But I feel it's beginning to drop off somewhat. Um, I'll be very interested to see what the GTA 6 radio stations are going to be like. Um, but games radio stations, the best yeah. thing ever. I'm I'm surprised no one said it yet actually, but um, Cyberpunk two zero seven seven has a similar style of radio station in the car with mm. like loads of different types of music. And um, the only reason I didn't put that on my list today was because I thought someone else was going to. <laughs> it is incredible. Anyway, yeah, I won't, I won't say anymore. I was going to say I'm just surprised the video game uh, or radio stations, you know in games didn't come up more actually because yeah it's it's kind of like a subsection of video game music there's quite a lot of them out there actually i will defer to just a little bit just to say that i did finally finish the subpunk 2077 edge runners uh today and one of the things i loved most about it was the fact that a lot of the soundtracks were from my favorite station on the radio which was the metal station so uh, yeah yeah i think uh, yeah radio stations in video games can be quite iconic and they, i think they act as like a time capsule as well for the per- period of time that it came out in the ones that stand out to me are the crazy taxi one and uh some of the uh, mm. the tony hawk ones as well uh it's just like there's some they have some really great tracks from their their time in them i don't know how they got the licensing back then but it's good they did. I, um, yeah no uh i know definitely go check out cyberpunk edge runners review people uh, i'm not gonna discuss the ratings again because uh focus has got a cheeky smile on his face <laughs> right now because yeah it's a, it's a controversial uh, conversation just go listen to the episode people because i do think music was a thing that was actually praised in the review itself but outside of that mm-hmm. just go listen to the episode uh because uh yeah it's uh, a lot of heated opinions in that but i'm not gonna lie i still listen to the uh, main song from the actual edge runner show uh, and all the variations of that because i think it's an amazing uh, track to be honest so yeah mm-hmm. uh right uh, i i am surprised that you talk about radio shows like vice city is a one people actually usually go to more than gta 5 for example because obviously it's such a massively 80s themed but i guess that's just because it's so you know everyone loved the 80s music back in the day so it's an extremely popular radio show from a video game uh but yeah no thank you very much for that folks we're going to send to james for his uh, final selection yep i assume you all know what my final selection is Yes, of course we do, James. Come on, just get out of the way. To get get the uh... air. <laughs> it is particularly my favourite fantasy uh, series of games of all time. It is the El- it's not the Elder Scrolls. It is Witcher. So it's specifically the Witcher three in terms of the soundtrack. Mm. Although I also love the Witcher two soundtrack. But yeah, the Witcher Witcher three soundtrack it perfectly combines. It's a very uh, Slavic uh, fantasy music, but it's also quite varied. So you can go across various different regions, like the more kind of like Viking esque uh, Skelligas. And the themes are very evocative of the areas where you are. The combat music feels, um, again, it's very, very Slavic, but it feels um, perfectly in keeping with the um, area that you're fighting. And it's just one of those, it's one of those soundtracks that I can just listen and listen to and listen to. And also, I also remember, I did, they did I'm sure I've done it a few times, but um you can on GEG or probably on YouTube, they've done like a live orchestra of, all, of the music from the game which i've watched and rewatched, and it's just fantastic i just absolutely love everything about that soundtrack yeah no i i um i remember in the early D campaigns james where you would play the uh the witcher soundtrack uh, accompanying our sessions it was a very good and 
I still remember finally giving The Witcher 3 a proper playthrough and actually, you know, you know, each location's like soundtrack was very accompanying and obviously Girl to Rivia theme is uh, stunning. I'd um I think that's one of the things the show is lacking in my opinion. Now, obviously, you know, apart from, you know, Yaskir's uh songs in the show, which are the most uh, best elements of I think the uh, show is definitely lacking that. And uh hopefully when the Witcher remake comes out the original game, the uh, soundtrack uh definitely follows on with that to be honest. Yeah. yeah, no, right. Going to go on to my final section. So, I mentioned earlier how I'm going to be biased in this, in my opinion, because I think it's a very like just like what was going to mention. Uh, so, uh, it's a uh, well, it's my name. It, my name is literally in the uh, the 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 theme. So I'm talking about Nate's theme from Uncharted. Uh, so you know this is from a uh, Greg Edmondson. I think this uh, soundtrack, even though you know it does have my name in it, I'm not going to be biased in that regard. But I just think it has a really old timey feel to the theme i think it like it does feel like um you know the the songs of old like the 70s and 80s like adventure uh films we used to watch when we were younger i think it has like a really it has a almost has a romantic element to it as well i think like romantic adventure element like romantic of the stone uh indiana jones back in the day i do think it really accompanies that quite well uh reading up on the actual track as well i actually did try to figure this out i never realized it was actually recorded at skywalker sound as well like uh, back in the day and also the composer actually came in really late into the game creation process. So he actually came in right near the end when he actually created this entire soundtrack. So finding that out, and I feel that, you know, also going through the entire trilogy, uh, he actually created, like, the song evolves as the games go on. So it actually literally goes Nate, Nate 2.0, 3.0, and the, the track evolves as the character evolves in the video games, which I thought was a, an extremely amazing way to do that soundtrack again. Really biased because it's called Nate's theme, but I don't care. Uh, I'm going to call that the soundtrack to my life, people. Um, and really, they didn't use as much in uh, the final game, which I thought was interesting. So I like the fact that, you know, it became a different adventure in the final game. So they didn't use that track as much. But in regards to the first three, that was a reason why I love it so much. And being a huge fan of like the Indiana Jones movies back in the day, and obviously, you know, Nate Drake is essentially the uh, the modern day video game equivalent of uh, that. And um, I know a lot of people say that, you know, he is the um, next evolution, or not evolution, he's the next person on from Tomb Raider, like Lara Croft, in regards to the adventure field. Uh, i definitely like to see um, where her journey goes next as well in regards to video game uh, franchises, because I do, um, I can't remember her music as much uh, from the games. Her games are amazing, but I'd like to see, you know, maybe um, a new uh, music score for her as well. I'd love to see that. I think that'd be really great, because I think she is such a powerful character that I'd like to see a really powerful theme that actually linked to her quite well. Cause I think, you know, when you hear Nathan Drake's theme, you know exactly who this character is. If you know video games, I think, um, unless you're massively into Tomb Raider, I think Lara Croft, she did, uh, she, I don't know specifically, but I think I'd love for her to have the exactly the same thing. Cause uh, she's such an amazing video game character. Um, but yeah, no, um, yeah. So that's my final selection, uh, Nate's theme from Uncharted or the Uncharted series. So yeah, that's, a uh, as my final selection people again, had to be biased for the end. I had to do a little times around. There were only 40 episodes in, so I thought I'd do that. But that is it, people. We have finally done our honorable mentions and our top list. Oh my God, we actually sped through them quite quickly. It was only a two hour episode, but I was actually quite shocked by it, to be honest. No, um, yeah, no, thank you everyone for joining today. It's uh, been lovely to have all returning co hosts and a uh, lovely guest host, Becky. Thank you much for joining us today, Becky. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah, hopefully we can get you back in the future for whatever topics we might actually have you might actually join the future. Yes, definitely. Uh, would you uh, would you actually like to uh, plug your um you know your album and uh, what you're recording one more time? You know, just before we as we end the show. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm Becky Machine. You can find me on all social media platforms. Just 
Becky Machine, B-E-K-I Machine. And my debut album, Another Atmosphere, is coming out on the 18th of November. And the album launch show is in London at the Cavendish Arms on the 19th. Tickets are available now. Come and find me on social media. And um, I hope you enjoy the enjoy the album. Yes, people know definitely go check that. When we uh, when we post this on all the socials, people we will be having links to all her um all her information there as well. So you can definitely go check that. Out. Um, the tracks she's uh, created are really good people, and this come from someone isn't isn't hugely into that. So if you can pull someone whose uh, genre isn't usually that, but they're actually really good, definitely go check that out. That's for sure. But no, thank you very much, Becky. It's, it's been great to have you today. But yes, people, if you have any questions, queries, or compliments, or any feedback, or you know, send us your favorite game soundtracks or. Maybe soundtracks that, you know, again, as we mentioned before, games that you've not really played, but soundtracks that you really enjoyed. Maybe there's one song that you can't get out of your head for the last 25 years that you just keep playing on loop. Maybe we can help you get over that by giving you a new uh, video game soundtrack to listen to. Right. But now, again, I'd like to thank you all my co-hosts for joining me today. Thank you for having me once again. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, right. But if you've got any uh, questions, queries, compliments, feel free to email us at nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. Uh, find our socials at nmicast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, check out our uh, new pixel edition, new pixel character edition to the uh, images as we go forward, people. Again, every co host that every co host that comes onto the show gets a lovely pixel edition to the, to the show, and we'll continue that going forward. Uh, right, that's it, people. We will see you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.